Hey, if you have your Bibles, we'll be reading from Mark chapter 1. So if you have them, go on and open them up. Mark chapter 1, and we'll go from verse 21 down to verse 28. So verse 21 to 28. All right. This is God's word from Mark 1, from verse 21 to 28. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A teaching, a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Okay, let's ask for God's help for this passage. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we desperately need your help this morning. We thank you so much for your Bible. Thank you for giving it to us. Thank you for giving us this great help. We need these eternal words. Help us, Lord, this morning to see Jesus Christ. Help us to love him and cherish him. Help us to put all of our trust and dependence on him. Help us to be confident in him. Grant us faith and repentance, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, we're back in Mark now. And Mark is, it's a, it's a punchy book. Um, it's fast-paced. And Mark has this goal in mind. Back there in verse 1, it says there that this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the son of God. Mark wants you to know who Jesus is. And he almost throws this combination of punches, just section after section, reinforcing verse one. And, and he gives all of these displays, even shows the baptism of Jesus. He says, this is where God speaks audibly from heaven and says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. He goes from there into the temptation. Jesus is not... Um, given in and handed over to Satan in his temptation. He comes out victorious. And then after that, he talks about how Jesus goes and calls his first disciples and they follow him. He wants you to know who Jesus is. And he gives reinforcement after reinforcement. And today's passage is no exception. Mark wants you to know who he is. Not only that, but we see there um, back in verse 14 and 15, that he wants you to repent and believe in the gospel. Mark has these two questions in mind, which I want to make personal to you. Um, so I'll direct them at you now. Do you know who Jesus is? That's question one. Do you know who Jesus is? And question two, do you trust in Jesus? So I know how difficult it is to, to listen over Zoom and to tune in through the screen. So keep those two questions in mind 
do you know who Jesus is and do you trust in Jesus? So the reason why that first question is important, we'll take these one at a time, do you know who Jesus is? This is important, friends, because where will you put your trust if you do not know who Jesus is? How can you trust him whom you do not know? You know, that seems quite simple, doesn't it? Um, you need to know who he is because you need to know who to trust. And what's terrifying is that Religion after religion, false religion after false religion, and cult after cult want to sell you a different Jesus. So you need to know who Jesus is. You need to know the right Jesus. Right? For example, the Mormons want to tell you that Jesus is a created spirit being that is just like us. He's just a little bit of a souped up version of you, which is utterly false. You need to know who Jesus is. Jehovah's Witness want to tell you that he's the Archangel Michael, which is false again. You need to know who Jesus is. Islam will tell you that he was just another prophet, just a, a pretty good teacher at that. And they show him respect and homage. But that's utterly false as well. He's not just a good teacher. We find here in this passage, there are people who think he's just a good teacher, but that is not enough. You need to know who Jesus is. And there are many, many more examples of people who twist the identity of Jesus. And Mark wants you to know, you, my friend, he wants you to know who Jesus is. So that's why we're tackling this important question. Satan is such a liar. Satan knows exactly who Jesus is. He's met Jesus. He met with him here on earth face to face. He is waiting his impending destruction from Jesus. He knows who Jesus is, but he doesn't want you to know who Jesus is. You must know who Jesus is. That's why this is such an important question. And this passage we're helped by because it shows us a bit about who Jesus is. Now look down with me at, at this confrontation uh, that Jesus has with this demon, this unclean spirit. So there in their synagogue at verse 23, we find there was a man with an unclean spirit. And this is what the man said um, in verse 24. This is the demon speaking through the man, the unclean spirit. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Look at what he says next. Have you come to destroy us? Now, who is Jesus? Jesus is the one who will come and destroy all wickedness and evil. Jesus is the one who, at the end, will judge every single demon. And what will happen to every single demon is that they will face their destruction and an eternal punishment in hell. This demon has excellent theology. This demon has not even read the book of Revelation. It hasn't been written yet. But this demon knows what's going to happen. This demon's theology is quite orthodox, actually. This demon... Um, is actually aware of what will happen to him and to every single other demon. They will face their destruction. By whom? Who is Jesus? Jesus is the great judge who will hand out all of this judgment. So as we look at this passage, we ask this question, who is Jesus? We see here that he is the judge. He will judge everyone. In fact, every single knee will bow and every single tongue will confess that Jesus 
as Lord. At the end, Jesus will judge everyone, including this demon, and this demon is aware of that. Our friend, are you aware of that, that Jesus is the great judge? And now why would he judge anyone? Why is he judging this demon? Well, because of the fact of sin. This demon is an open rebellion against the king, the king who is Jesus. And I want to turn that on you, friend. Are you in open rebellion against King Jesus? Or perhaps are you in secret rebellion against King Jesus? Now we see there that he is a judge. What else do we learn about Jesus? Who is Jesus? Well, let's look at the next sentence there. He says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, when he says there, the Holy One of God, we can be turned back to verse 1, where it says there that Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When he says there, the Holy One of God, he's referring to Jesus as the Christ, the Anointed One, the Chosen One, the One who will come and save His people. Now, this demon, again, shows excellent theology. He knows that the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, came down and put on human flesh. He wrapped himself in human flesh, and now he's here in person. This demon has excellent, what they call Christology. He knows what he's talking about. Actually, he's got his facts straight. Jesus is the Holy One of God. Not only is he the judge, but he's the one who can save you from his own judgment. He is the one who can rescue you from your own judgment. And we find out that it's by dying on the cross and replacing the sinner in his death so that he can give the sinner his righteousness. This demon is on. This demon knows that he is not only the judge, but he's also the lawyer. This demon knows that he's not only the one who will give judgment, but the one who will also give forgiveness and pardon. This demon has pretty good theology. Now, what else can we learn here about Jesus? We know that he is the judge because um, sinners are rebellious and there is rebellion in them and they must be judged because he is holy. We also see here that he is the one who can forgive them by dying on the cross in their place. But we also see here that he backs up what the demon says about him. Look at his confrontation even further. Look at verse 25. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. I don't know if you've seen any horror movies with exorcisms in them, but they're terrible. It's like a 12 hour long battle. There's a priest versus a demon and they go back and forth blow for blow and you know you, there's always suspense you don't know who's going to come out on top this is not the case here with jesus there is no suspense none at all there is no bickering there is no going back and forth there is no um, defense for jesus jesus does not have defense in fact jesus comes and gives this demon a command do you see here that jesus asks permission from the demon does he have to fill out a permission slip that says, hey, can I have your consent to, to pull you out of this man? No, Jesus doesn't ask for any such thing. Jesus is the king, and he displays his authority as the judge and as the holy one of God by doing this and displaying his authority and casting out this demon. 
This is no challenge for Jesus. Don't be mistaken. Jesus is not in a struggling fight against Satan and his demons. Jesus says here at the drop of a hat, get out of this man. And what happens? The demon gets out of this man. There is no competition for Jesus. He displays here that he is the one who will judge and he is the one who will give pardon and forgiveness. He is who the demon says he is. This demon has excellent theology again. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know him as the great judge? Do you know him as the great savior? Do you know him as the one who has all authority to do all of these things? Do you know who Jesus is, the right Jesus? And now if, if you've gone through here and you thought, actually, that seems right to me as well. I can agree with that, that that is who Jesus is, the great judge and also the great savior and the one who actually has the authority to be the great judge and great savior. You may say yes to question number one, but can you say yes to question number two? Do you trust in Jesus? And the reason this question is important is because if you cannot say yes to the second question, do you trust in Jesus? Then your knowledge about Jesus, you being able to answer yes to question number one, is utterly useless. It is useless for you to know who Jesus is if you do not trust in him. How can I say that? How can I say that it's useless to know all of these things? Look at the demon. What can you say about the demon's theology? Was the demon off about Jesus? Was the demon wrong about Jesus? No, the demon was dead right about Jesus. His theology was perfectly orthodox. In fact, I agree with that demon 100%. Jesus is the one who will destroy all the demons. Jesus is the Holy One of God. Maybe you can agree with the demon. Maybe you're orthodox in that way as well. But did the demon trust in Jesus? Did the demon put all of his hope and all of his dependence in Jesus? No, he didn't. So that's why it's important for us to ask ourselves question number two. Do you trust in Jesus? Think about that, friend. Because you might, you might have been going to church your whole life. Or you might have been going to church for two weeks. And you might have learned about Jesus. Your orthodox theology may be there. But what point is it having all of this orthodox theology, having all of this right, if you do not trust in Jesus? And let me give you an example of a person who will turn up at the end. right? Someone who turns up right at the end on Judgment Day. And Jesus, they're confronted with him. And he says to them, um, you know, why should I let you into heaven? But let me give you a, a, a daytime example. Imagine if I, I went to work and I start work normally at six o'clock. Imagine if I turned up at 8.30 and I turn up and my boss says, well, why weren't you here at six o'clock? Here's the excuse that I, I might give him. Well, at least I knew that we started at six. Well, what point is it in knowing that we started at six if I did not actually put all of my trust and in, in my confidence into us starting at six, actually turning up there, actually being there at six? What kind of excuse will a person give them at the end on judgment day when they do not trust in Jesus? 
and they say something like this. Well, at least I knew he was the Holy One of God. At least I knew he was the one who would be the judge at the end. No such excuse will be valid. The only thing you will meet then is destruction along with the demons who have the same faith as you. If you can answer yes to question number one and no to question number two, then the faith that you have is only equivalent to what the demons have. You believe just like the demons do. And James says in 2.19, he says, you believe that there is one God. You might have good theology. Well, well done. But even the demons believe that and they shudder. So if you have the theology, if you have the understanding, my friends, to say that you do know who Jesus is, yet you do not trust in him, you, well done, you have believed just as much as a demon believes. But we must go further than that. You must go beyond the faith of a demon because knowing who Jesus is and not trusting in him will only heap up more judgment for yourself. The fact that you had all of this clarity around who Jesus was, yet you did not trust in him. You have only added more to your own judgment. You've heaped up more judgment on yourself. And let's look at another party. So we see there the demonic party, but let's look at the humans there. Because what is sad and depressing and painful is that these people had less faith they didn't have equal faith to the demons. They actually had less faith than the demons. Um, look with me at verse 22. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. So we see that they're astonished. Right? They haven't made the confession that this is the Holy One of God, that he is the Savior of the world, that he is the judge of the world. And look down at uh, verse 27, and they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. Do you see that these people are, are astonished? They're amazed. They're, they're even fascinated, but where is their faith? They're astonished, but where is their affection? Right? They're, they're attracted to Jesus, but where is their confidence? They're drawn to him, but where is their conviction? Even the demon knew who Jesus was. But these people were coming along for the ride. Look at the last verse there in verse 28. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Now, it's important to ask yourself this question this morning. Do you trust in Jesus? And do you know Jesus? On the one hand, if you can answer yes to question number one and no to question number two, you believe like a demon does. It pains me to think that maybe on the other side of this screen and maybe on the other side of my microphone, there may be someone who's listening, who is only infatuated by the idea of Christ, who is only fascinated by him, who is only impressed by him, who only looks at him as a great teacher, one who is amazing and who has all of this authority, but does not trust in him. Our friends, if that if I've described you right now, I've described someone who has less faith than a demon. How terrifying is that? But search yourself this morning. Where do you fit? But on the other hand, I want to encourage you. Do not be like the demons. 
Do not be like this crowd who was um, amazed and just astonished and impressed by Jesus. No, be someone who Mark wants you to be. Be someone who knows who Jesus is and also be someone who trusts in Jesus. And the question might pop up, well, I know who he is. You know, we see it here in Mark, but how do I trust in him? What does it look like to, to not have demonic faith, as it were, and actually have real faith, true faith, where I actually trust in Jesus Christ? Well, the demons did not trust in him as the Holy One. They knew he was. And so my encouragement to you is to trust in him as the Holy One. And what that looks like is you no longer approach God as as someone who is trying to work your way towards him. Someone who trusts in Jesus is someone who looks at the cross and says, if there is any hope for me to be with God forever and ever, it is only through Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection. If there is any way for me to be right with God and escape the judgment that will come, it is only that Christ becomes my lawyer, that he stands in my place, that he takes my punishment, and then gives me his righteousness. So I will no longer approach God as someone who was working my way towards him. Instead, I will approach God as someone who has been rescued by him, by Jesus who came down to us. And so that's my encouragement, friends, this morning. Do not be like the demons. Do not be like this crowd. Have true faith and trust in Jesus. Okay, let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your word and how sobering and serious it is. Lord, help us and, and rescue us from having orthodox theology, for having proper and right theology, yet not trusting in you. Oh Lord, would you make use of, of all of the information that we have, all of the knowledge we have about Christ, and give us a new heart so that we can trust in him. Or would you grant us repentance? Would you grant us faith? Help us to be affectionate towards Jesus. Help us to love him and cherish him. Help us to go beyond mere fascination and amazement and lead us, Lord, towards loving him as our savior. And Lord, I pray that everyone on the other side of the screen, on the other side of this microphone, would meet him not as the judge, but as the holy one who has forgiven them. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.